Hey everyone, my name is Adam and welcome to the Ridge Weekly Podcast. At the end of today's episode, please take a minute and download our free Chestnut Ridge app. It has all our recent message content and more. You can also head to theridge.church to get information on service times and get info on everything going on here at the Ridge. We hope this podcast will encourage and inspire you as you continue to grow in your relationship with God and others. Well, good morning. My name's Josh, and I'm one of the pastors here at the Ridge. Thank you again for joining us, and congratulations to Sarah and her family who are here to celebrate. Before I begin the message, I'd like to take a moment just to acknowledge the challenging events of this past week in our nation. I know many of you, myself included, are burdened or struggling over the division, hatred, and violence that continues across our country. This ought not be, and we know it breaks God's heart. I encourage all of us to pray for our nation. We're commanded to do that. And remember what 1 Peter 5, 7 says, that we can cast all our cares. Another translation says, all our anxieties on him because he cares for you. Let's take a moment and pray, and then we'll begin the message today. Well, God, thank you for the opportunity that we have to come together and worship. Thank you, God, that you care for us and our hearts are heavy for these things, Lord, but we're not without hope. We know that we can come to you in prayer. We know that you hear our prayers for our country. And Lord, we do ask for peace and for healing. We thank you for our country, Lord. I I thank you for the opportunity to call this country home for the men and for the women who have served past, present, and future to protect our freedoms, Lord. I'm so thankful. So we ask you that you give our leaders wisdom at every level of government to to bring peace and to bring healing. And Lord, would you remind us of what we can do? What we can do is pray and what we can do is love our family, our friends, our community. Lord, may we be people marked by love and by peace. Speak to us now as we open your word in Jesus' name, amen. Well, most people I know have pulled an all-nighter, and I imagine that most of you at some point in your life, either by choice or by circumstance, have pulled one. Some of you like to drive all through the night to visit family or friends or go on vacation. I remember my dad doing this at times when we would take a trip to Myrtle Beach, which was probably a good idea with nine kids. (laughs) At some point in high school or college, you stayed up all night cramming for that test or writing that 10 to 12 page paper with two inch margin, size 14 font, double space. It's amazing how you can take six pages and magically turn them into 12. A big project or a work deadline will keep you up all night and babies, sick kids, puppies, they will most certainly make you miss a good night's sleep now and again. I can attest to all three of those. And if you're like me, if you've experienced an all-nighter, you push through and you make it, but the next day is awful. You're exhausted, cranky, downing caffeine, and just waiting until you can go to bed. And even though these overnight hours can be useful to drive long hours or get something important done, Almost everyone I know embraces their need for a good night's rest. 
Because like our phones that need plugged in every night, we need sleep to recharge our batteries to take on a new day. However, there's another God-designed rhythm of rest that I believe is just as important as sleep that most people aren't getting anymore. And that's a weekly day of rest, what the Bible calls a Sabbath. Now, if you've been around the ridge and you've heard a message about this subject, then you know I'm not talking about a Sabbath day of do's and don'ts with a bunch of religious restrictions. I'm talking about a day that the Bible describes as a day of delight, a day of refreshment, a day of joy. And I know many of you are already experiencing that. It's a day to take a break from the demands of life and enjoy our relationship with God, with loved ones and things that fill us up. But yet, many people struggle to stop and set aside a day of rest. Perhaps that's you today. You go, go, go some more and you regularly feel exhausted and maybe even burned out. In 2002, country music band Rascal Flats, which yes, I believe they are a, a, music, a country music band. Some of you may disagree, but the band Rascal Flats wrote a song called Mayberry that speaks to our struggle to slow down in a fast-paced world. It says this, Sometimes it feels like this world is spinning faster than it did in the old days. So naturally, we have more natural disasters from the strain of a fast pace. Sunday was a day of rest. Now it's one more day for progress. We can't slow down because more is best. It's all an endless process. Now, if this was true nearly 20 years ago, how much more is this true today? Things aren't slowing down, they're speeding up. Now, I realize that this pandemic has in fact slowed some things down and that's a blessing. But school at home, work from home, and other challenges we're facing, I think have made it even harder to rest and take a break. And when this pandemic is over, which it will be, we will still live in a fast-paced 24-7 culture. We'll still continue to receive hundreds of notifications all day long, and there will always be more work to get done because life simply requires a lot of effort to do it well. So what do we do? Where do we start? I'd recommend that we start at the beginning of the Bible. And today, we're going to see that Sabbath is God's weekly gift of rest. We take a break, refreshment, things that we enjoy and fill us up in relationships with God, with family, and friends. It's a weekly gift that God desires for each and every one of us. So, this weekly gift, it begins in Genesis, where we read... In Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis chapter one describes God's six amazing days of creation that culminates with God creating people, male and female, in his image. 
Genesis chapter two, verses one to three, tells us what God did on the seventh day after the work of creation. So Genesis two, one to three says this. So the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. By the seventh day, God completed his work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy for on it he rested from his work of creation. This word rested is repeated twice. It comes from the same root word for Sabbath that we'll see later in other passages and it means to cease, to stop work. God worked creating and filling the world in six days and then he ceased, he stopped working on that seventh day. He wasn't tired or exhausted like people. The Bible tells us that God is all powerful. He doesn't get tired and he doesn't need sleep. To say that God rested just means that his work was done and he stopped. This passage also says that God blessed this day of rest and declared it to be holy, which means set apart a day that would be different than the other six days of work and labor. Now, what is it about this day of rest, this set-apart day that makes it special? Well, let's look at a verse from Exodus 31. It says this, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, but on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. I love that word. It's one of those words that sort of sounds like what you're saying. He was refreshed. A Sabbath is a day that's meant to bring refreshment. Even God, after his work of creation, saw that it was good and was refreshed. Refresh is the Hebrew word nafash which means to breathe, to breathe out, to to exhale. About this word, author Wayne Mueller writes, the word for refreshed literally means and God exhaled. The creation of the world was like the life quickening inhale and the Sabbath is the exhale. Without the Sabbath exhale, the life-giving inhale is impossible. What an incredible image of our God observing all that he had made, seeing that it was good and it refreshed him. It was a day to exhale. Now this reminds me of something that my dad did with, with us when we were kids. It's a f- very fond memory After working hard to get the the yard ready each spring, cutting the grass, re-edging the beds, trimming the bushes, putting in the new mulch and the flowers, he would take us across the street to our neighbors and we would observe our house from their perspective. And I can remember it like it was yesterday. All of us kids, dirty, uh, dirty faces, dirty hands, we'd sort of just sit back We'd cross our arms like dad. And I remember almost in silence, we would just sit back in satisfaction and just look at what we had done. 
and just observe all of the work, all that we had accomplished. We worked hard, it was done, and now we were exhaling. We were being refreshed. And yes, to this day, after we complete a project at home, I make my kids sit back and we cross our arms and we just smile at the work that we've done. So from the creation account, we see that our God created this life-giving rhythm of six days of work and one day of rest. And he set an example for us to follow. Now fast forward to the next book of the Bible, Exodus, and we see that God's chosen people, the Israelites, had migrated to Egypt to receive help during a famine, and eventually they were enslaved to the Egyptian empire. Sadly, for 400 years, the Jewish people toiled. Their lives were not their own. As slaves, they would have been forced to work long, hard hours every day. No rest, no Sabbath, no days off. Now, many of you know what it's like to work long hours, and you still are working long hours. After college and before I began full-time ministry, I worked with adolescents in a residential treatment facility It was hard work, but really rewarding. Our 24-hour facility ran on the typical shift, seven to three, three to 11, and 11 to seven. And about twice a month when we were short-staffed or I wanted some overtime, I would work a double, usually 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. A 16-hour shift as a frontline staff member made for a long day But this was nothing in comparison to what the Hebrew people endured for generations. They had long and hard days. They worked outside under the sun doing manual labor with brutal taskmasters. Imagine doing that every day of your life with no pay or personal benefit whatsoever. The Bible says though that God heard their cries He sent 10 plagues upon Egypt to free his people from the bondage of slavery. They miraculously crossed through the Red Sea on dry ground, which is found in Exodus chapter 14. In Exodus chapter 19, the people gathered together at Mount Sinai, and in chapter 20, the 10 commandments were given, and in it, the fourth command is to rest. Exodus 20, 8 to 10 says this, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You are to labor six days and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You must not do any work. You or your son, your male or female slave, your livestock or the foreigner who is within your gates. Most of you are familiar with the other nine commandments. No other gods, no idols, Don't misuse the Lord's name. Honor your parents. No murder, adultery, or stealing. No giving false testimony and no coveting. Each of these on their own are a big, big deal. And right in the middle, along with the other commands, like no other gods and no murder, God instructs his people to rest. This group of people who had worked long and hard almost every day of their lives would finally finally get to stop and rest and be refreshed. Now the rest of this fourth commandment, which by the way is the longest of the 10 commandments, brings us back to creation. 
and how God designed us to function, work and rest, the inhale and the exhale. Exodus 20, 11 continues the command. For the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them in six days. Then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the seventh day and declared it holy. From the creation account, we see that our God created this life-giving rhythm of six work days and one day of rest. He modeled this pattern for us and he commanded the people to follow it. Wayne Mueller writes, and so we're given a commandment. Remember the Sabbath. Rest then is an essential enzyme of life, as necessary as air. Without rest, we cannot sustain the energy needed to have life. We refuse to rest at our peril and yet in a world where overwork is seen as a professional virtue, many of us feel we can legitimately be stopped only by physical illness or collapse. I agree. This rescued, newly formed nation would one day be inhabitants of the promised land. And the the temptation to overwork and not rest as they did in Egypt would be fully present. And I believe this is why God expounded the most on the Sabbath command. The foundation of this new nation would have to be total dependence on God and not themselves in their own efforts. Now, wow, it's nearly impossible to understand what it would have been like to be a slave like they were. If you and I consistently work seven days a week, whether for paid or unpaid work, without ever taking a break, we're under a different kind of slavery And just as God set the Israelites free to rest and trust in him, God wants to set us free to rest each week and be refreshed. Now, though the Sabbath was an explicit command that was given for the benefit of the people and is a sign of the covenant they made with God at Mount Sinai, the Israelites struggled to obey. And this is clearly seen throughout the writings of the Old Testament prophets. A few examples, Nehemiah 13, Isaiah 56 and 58, Jeremiah 17 and Ezekiel 20. And like the other commandments, the people struggled and failed time and time again to keep the Sabbath. Now as we move into the New Testament, by this time the religious leaders had turned the Sabbath from a blessing from a gift into a burden. All sorts of additional rules and regulations were layered on the Sabbath, making it heavy and stealing its joy that God had intended. And in the Gospels, if you read through them, you'll notice that Jesus routinely had conflicts with the religious leaders over the true purpose of the, of the Sabbath. The story in Mark 2, 23 to 28 is told in all four gospels. And after being accused of doing something unlawful on the Sabbath, Jesus said to them in Mark 2, 27, then he told them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. I like how the New Living Translation says it. Then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people 
and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. You see, over time, the purpose of the Sabbath had been lost. And Jesus was setting the record straight. They had it backwards. About this verse, scholar J.D. Grasmick writes, the Sabbath was instituted by God for mankind's benefit and refreshment. Not that people were made to keep burdensome regulations pertaining to it. Here, Jesus set the record straight. The Sabbath is a gift from God for our benefit, not a religious burden to bear. Now, as believers today, we're no longer under the new of the Old Testament law, and I do not believe that we're required to keep a traditional Jewish Friday sundown to Saturday sundown Sabbath. However, while our true and eternal rest is found in a relationship with Jesus, as we see in places like Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30 and Colossians 2, 16 to 17, here in this verse, Jesus affirms the Sabbath, that it was made by God for people and therefore beneficial to us while on earth. It's not something we have to do. It's something we get to do. It's a weekly gift from God to enjoy, not a religious burden to bear. So from these passages in Genesis 2, Exodus 20, 37, and Mark 2, I again wanna summarize the Sabbath in this way. Sabbath is God's weekly gift of rest, refreshment, and relationships. It's for us. And you've heard of R&R, rest and relaxation. I think Sabbath gives us R and R and R. And before we unpack these three R's of Sabbath and share some practical tips, I think it's important for you to decide which day your Sabbath will be. Pastor and author Pete Scazzaro, who has helped me and our church greatly in this area, describes choosing your day like this. Biblical Sabbath is a 24-hour block of time in which we stop work, enjoy rest, practice delight, and contemplate God. The traditional Jewish Sabbath begins at sundown on Friday and ends at sundown Saturday. In most Christian traditions, Sabbath has been observed on Sunday. The Apostle Paul considered one day for Sabbath as good as another, as seen in Romans 14. So the particular day of the week doesn't matter. What matters is to set aside a 24-hour period and protect it. Now, for our family, we used to have our Sabbath from Saturday morning to Saturday night because I've always worked on Sundays. But for the last several years, we've enjoyed our Sabbath from Friday dinner to Saturday dinner, which gives us that full 24 hours of rest, including a good night's sleep, and it has been wonderful now, I will mention that if I didn't work for the church, we would most likely have our family Sabbath from Saturday dinner to Sunday dinner to include the Sunday morning service in our Sabbath. But as Pete says, the particular day of the week doesn't matter. What matters is that we set aside a day of rest and protect it. And of course, you can make adjustments to which day if your schedule changes. So once you decide which day your Sabbath will be, you can begin to focus on the three R's, which again, Sabbath is God's weekly gift of rest. Sabbath means we stop working, we cease from labor. 
And after we work hard and diligently for six days, we intentionally choose to take a break from paid and unpaid work, which is why having a defined 24-hour period of rest is so helpful. It gives us permission to stop work, even when it's not done, and start our Sabbath rest. Now, if you have young children like we do, or you're a caretaker, or whatever your circumstance, you will most likely have things to do that feel like work, like feed hungry children. And of course, we'll take care of those things, but to the best of your ability, I encourage you to stop as much work as you can, like cleaning and paying bills and email. Now, speaking of email, if you're able, I encourage you to turn off some phone notifications on your Sabbath. Or perhaps give yourself a break from your phone altogether for a few hours. Like you, I enjoy having my phone on me most times to text with family and friends, share a picture online. But there are some Sabbaths when, I, when I'm feeling the need to actually power it off. Which if you didn't know is a feature on your phone, you can actually turn it off. Or you can put it in a drawer for a few hours. And I realize that every workplace is different. But this might mean that you have some honest conversations with work about your decision to take a day of rest and and moving towards setting some healthy boundaries and expectations of when you're supposed to be off. It could also mean for some of you that you have a conversation about the load or the hours, if it's making it impossible for you to rest. And here's why this matters. When we rest from our work, so we don't burn out, we also work from our rest, which means a good day of rest will ultimately make our work better, which is how God designed it. Also, you may need to catch up on some sleep if you had a rough week of sleep, maybe on your Sabbath, get a few extra hours. And, and one more thought about rest, I encourage you to try to make your Sabbath day a little bit easier than the other days. For example, with four young children who are always hungry, cooking and cleaning is a lot of work. So for our Friday dinner and our Saturday dinner, we do easy prep meals or we get takeout or we'll go out to eat. It just makes it easier. We try to load any dishes into the dishwasher during the day so it doesn't stack up and sometimes we use paper plates. Whatever you can do to make your Sabbath a little bit easier and remove extra work. Next, Sabbath is God's weekly gift of refreshment. We take a break, we exhale. It's good to reflect on the work you've done, whether it's paid or unpaid. Things that you accomplished for an employer or for your family or around the house, take a moment to think about what you've done. Also, figure out what fills your cup and do some of those things. Hobbies, getting outside, anything that you enjoy, and maybe the things that you don't have time for during the week. Now, right, right now for me, being winter, I love to actually bundle up and enjoy a good cup of coffee on our front porch or back deck. I also enjoy relaxing on the couch to watch WV basketball, which tough loss yesterday to Texas. I enjoy tinkering with some woodworking projects, which for me doesn't feel like work or playing some tennis on our new to us Wii with the kids that we got for them for Christmas, which by the way, I cannot beat them. I encourage you to write down a list of things that you enjoy, practical things that you enjoy that fill you up and begin to incorporate those things into your Sabbath day.
And finally, Sabbath is God's weekly gift of relationships. Like a vacation day, we have extra time to enjoy our relationship with God, family, and friends. I like how Adele Calhoun says it. God did not intend for life to be all effort, so he punctuated each week with 24 hours of Sabbath rest, during which people can remember what life is about and who it is for. In life as we know from Jesus and the great commandment is about loving God and loving neighbors as ourself. With God, spend time, to, spend time with him in his word and prayer and church. If your Sabbath includes Sunday, for me, I like to read one chapter of the Bible each day, but on the Sabbath, usually after Saturday morning breakfast, I like to read several chapters or one of my favorite smaller books like Ephesians or Philippians. With your loved ones and close friends, spend time enjoying one another, whether it be in person or a video call or phone call. And as I mentioned, our Sabbath is usually Friday dinner to Saturday dinner. And, and our favorite thing on Friday is to blow up the air mattress and have a, a movie night. Most of the time spent keeping our lab from stealing our popcorn or popping the air mattress, but we love it. And then on Saturday in the afternoon, most of the time we're outside, even yesterday, in the cold, we hiked one of our favorite trails near Cooper's Rock. That fills my cup. And I've found that being outside in God's creation with my family is the most refreshing thing for me to do. So whether, whatever it looks like for you, extra time with people in your life is so important. So Sabbath is God's weekly gift of rest, relationship, refreshment and relationship. And like a good vacation day every week, God is so good to give us this gift. For me, it was about 15 years ago now, in the spring of 2006, that my dear friend named Rick put a Sabbath book in my hands. And over time, I'm glad to share it's become a life-giving, soul-filling habit for me, my wife, and now our children. And I would tell you, it is 100% foundational to our marriage, to the strength of our family, and my personal health. And there are some Sabbaths where it's awesome and we enjoy rest and, and we're refreshed and we grow in our relationships. But there's also some Sabbaths that aren't awesome. Weeks when I have a hard time turning off a big work project in my mind or the hot water tank stops working and I need to find someone to fix it like last week or someone is sick, or whatever else comes along that keeps us from enjoying that Sabbath, life happens. But here's the good news. This isn't about having a perfect Sabbath. It's not. If Sabbath this week wasn't great, next week can be better and more restful. Give yourself grace. Try different things. And over time, it can and will become a life-giving habit for life. Now, I'd like to close quickly by sharing a brand new resource that we've created for you to go along with this Habits for Life series. I'm really excited about it. It's a plan that you can use each day and each week to help you grow with God, with others, and take care of yourself. So let me just quickly review it, and then I'll share how you can download this plan. First, we wanna encourage you to grow with God every day, spending time reading the Bible and praying. 
Last week, Pastor Tim taught us how to have that quiet time. Later in the series, Pastor Tim will teach on prayer. And then weekly, the Sunday service, which you're doing right now, you're here. And this weekly service is a time for us to come together in powerful worship and practical Bible teaching. So we encourage you to tune in every week. To grow with others, we encourage you to spend daily time with family and friends, sharing meals. If you have children, spending time with them, talking with neighbors, making calls and video calls, some kind of touch with people in your life will keep you healthy. And then small groups, weekly or perhaps every other week. And if you're in a group, keep going. We can't do life alone. It's made all the difference for me. If you're not plugged in, we encourage you to join one this winter. Lots of ways to plug in. And finally, we encourage you to care for yourself. You know, Jesus, when he gave the great commandment, he said the most important thing was to love God and then to love your neighbor as yourself. And we don't tend to talk a lot about loving yourself because it can feel selfish, but it's not. It's important that we love ourselves by taking care of ourselves. Otherwise, we'll burn out and we won't have anything to give others. So daily, we wanna encourage you for some me time. And that expression might kind of sound silly, but it's 15 to 30 minutes, a mini Sabbath moment where you do something to enjoy a good book, a run, a hobby, or even a bath. My mom, who raised nine of us, I asked her one time, I said, mom, how did you do it? She said, Josh, here's my secret. It was Bible in the morning and it was a bath at night. (laughs) She knew for nine kids, she had to take care of herself. Bible in the morning and bath at night. Find your daily moment. And then Sabbath. That's what we're talking about today, a weekly time to be refreshed. So I wanna show you the full plan. It's the make it a habit plan. It's got all of this information as well as some additional resources. And I wanna encourage you to download it, print it, hang it up and use it. This is what the downloadable resource looks like. We think you could hang it on your fridge or or a mirror or, or at work or wherever you will see it. We encourage you to download this plan and use it, make it a habit, incorporate it into your life. Now I'll tell you from my experience, these daily and weekly habits have made all the difference. And as you begin to embrace this weekly gift of rest, I pray that you enjoy the things that fill you up, the gifts that God has given you. I pray that you take time for the people in your life. And I pray that you carve out that time to enjoy your relationship with God. Lean back into his loving arms. He doesn't want you to be tired. He doesn't want you to be exhausted. He doesn't want you to burn out. He designed you to work, but to rest, to take a break, to rest in him that the world won't fall apart when you stop. He's got it. He's got you. He loves you. He wants you to be well. So lean back this week. Know that he is good and he's got you.
Thanks for listening to the Ridge Weekly Podcast. If you'd like to hear more messages now, you can check out our past series at theridge.church slash messages or download the free Ridge app. Thanks again for listening and we will see you next time.